Welcome to the 14th episode of Hashtag Wolves. I'm your host, Noah, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Will, in the Wolves Den. How are we doing? A little jet lagged? A little bit of jet lag. Uh, Noah and I just got back in town and jumped right into the studio to give the most essential Wolves takes. Yes, we were scouting the Washington Wizards in D.C. Yeah, so a little bit of poor timing there. Probably should have looked ahead on the schedule, but... Uh, or looked at the Western Conference. Instead. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, we could have hit a couple of games, but... Yeah, the Wolves staying afloat and thriving in a really, really hectic Western Conference. And that's, I think, what we'll start the episode with real quick is kind of a Western Conference rundown. See sort of where the Wolves stock up with the rest of the league. So, Noah, currently the Thunder are in a close battle with the Portland Trail Blazers. The Thunder are in fourth, which might be kind of a ways away to be looking up the Western Conference standings, but it looks like the Blazers are going to pull that out and the Thunder will drop a game. The Spurs, who are currently at the sixth seed, lost the Bucks today, and the Jazz, who are the eighth seed, play the Golden State Warriors tonight. And I think they're they're up. It's still pretty early in the game. So, so we're anticipating that they'll be tied with the Wolves? Do we know the Wolves-Jazz tiebreaker off the top of your phone? Great question. So awesome transition by Noah there. The Wolves <laughs> are currently 17 and a half games back of Golden State, which doesn't mean I think we're going to catch them. But we're <laughs> a half game up on the Jazz right now and one game back of the Pelicans and the Spurs. So and we break tiebreakers with the Pelicans and Thunder. Right. From what I, my uh, sabermetrics revealed. Yeah, so uh, the, the takeaway from all of this is that the Wolves have the potential to maybe leapfrog some teams and kind of push away from the 9 and 10 spots. And on a personal level, you could get lost all day in running. So if this team loses to this team, the Wolves will have like the top seed in the West or something. You could spend all day running those. I have three monitors, and one of them is currently reserved at work for a strength of schedule rankings. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a really, really fun stat. In fact, I jotted down some of the like remaining schedule strengths for important Western Conference teams that are sort of in the same thick that the Wolves are in. So Denver, which is currently kind of in the ninth slot, OKC is in the fourth, Utah's in the eighth, and San Antonio's in the sixth. They have the following toughest schedules, second, third, sixth, and seventh. So all top ten, basically, the teams that the Wolves are competing with while the Wolves have the easiest schedule remaining over the course of the season. So can you say win streak, Noah? I can, but to be a little pessimistic, I think both of us have gotten caught up in the strength of schedule. Like, these are all good teams. Mm-hmm. They're playing tough teams, but like they're, they can still win against these teams, and we're without Butler, and we can still lose. So when you like when we, when we I first looked at that, I was like, we're getting like the 3-4-5 seed, but... We, there's a window for it. We just need to make it happen. Right. I think the lesson like, you, like you're like you alluding to is kind of the Wolves have their fate in their hands because other teams are going to be challenged and will maybe be peaking at the right time. Yeah, maybe another way to say it is like if we blow it, it's it really is on us because there's just not a lot of excuses left oh, besides could, Butler. That kind of makes me sad. I was, <laughs> I thought I put it one way and then you just come come back and say, yeah, if we blow it, it's on us. I don't want to think about that. Well, we won't blow it. Okay, good. All right. Woo. All right. Thank you, Noah. So um, what we'll be breaking down from the past week's games in the remainder of this episode is Tuesday's game against the Clippers, Friday's game at the Knicks, and then Saturday's back-to-back at the 76ers. And I'll jump right in to the game against the Clippers. 
it was a pretty ugly first half, just letting the Clippers stay in it and really letting DeAndre Jordan get his and outbody us. And then the Wolves' balanced offense just really pushed away and a little bit better of a defensive stretch too allowed us to pull out the the victory. No, do you have the score on the on the Clippers game? Oh, I thought that was your job. Yeah, well, <laughs> note taking that was not exactly elite while I was at the game. I was more getting caught up in a, a couple of Jamal crossovers as fans like me do. He will do that to many of us, but we did win 123 to 109. 123 to 109. So you heard it here first from me that we got the 123 109 victory. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> yeah, and I think the the important stat uh, that sort of captures this game is that four or more guys on the Timberwolves scored, uh, well, four guys on the Timberwolves scored 20 points. And that had happened in the previous game as well. So it was a great, like, consistent effort from the guys that need to step up in Jimmy's absence. Really strong showing. And I think offensive balance was a kind of a predictor of our success as we sort of like look ahead to later in the week. Definitely. I took notes while we were at the game, just noting the really balanced scoring from Wiggins, Towns, Rose, and Jamal. Happy birthday, Jamal. It's a big, big game from Jamal on his birthday. Love to see him doing it. I feel like Jamal's a guy who would go out and just get electric on his birthday. Like, oh, absolutely. Like, take it to heart and, and run with it. Yeah, I, it's long, I deserve a few more shots tonight. I feel like if it's a long season and you know, you're know you vibing on your big day, just like let it fly. And he he doesn't need any excuse to let it fly on on any occasion. So that was kind of a, a fun wrinkle to the game. But yeah, if you want to jump in with what went down at the Knicks game. Definitely. So the Wolves won 108 to 104, and we jumped to a lead in the first, but it seemed like we let the Knicks come back in the third and just sort of hang around in the fourth. I mean, we talked before the podcast that a win's a win, especially in these types of scenarios where, I mean, what, we're just trying to climb up the standings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it might make you feel a little more shaky once you get to the playoffs if you've been eking out four-point wins against the Knicks. But I guess coming off the Clippers win, I felt good about what I've been seeing. So I guess to come back and figure it out is attribute of a Wolves team that we haven't seen mm-hmm. in a few years. So I, that's probably how I would spin it. But we had six players in double figures, so sort of keeping up with the consistent and spread out offense. And it was a balanced effort again. But Wiggs did go 5 for 15 and Teague went 3 for 13. But I, thought, I think Teague's been playing well and I think Wiggs has been showing flashes. But in a game like this where what, it was a back-to-back... No, or, this was this was the first of a back-to-back on the road. Yep, the Sixers' loss was a back-to-back. Yep. But we're like, we're, the team sort of drops the ball. You, you feel like Wiggs and T would be the first people to kind of... Inefficient the, the side. Of or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, if a team's being inefficient, like, who are your first two guesses? You know what I mean? Right. Where but, everybody's rolling, you feel like Wiggs and, T, you know, Wiggs and T will pick up on that and get better shots, maybe. Right. But if, maybe Wiggs saw that we weren't getting shots and started just flinging them up. <laughs> if you hear that, like... Like Teague and Wiggins can be predictors of maybe our offense, like really, really doing well or struggling with efficiency. They can be like a little bit of a meter stick because Wiggins gets a lot of volume of shots without Jimmy and Teague when he is involved in the offense can be not like not dominate the ball, but like can be a score first point guard. Yeah. Maybe different spin being like Towns and Butler get our consistent offense, obviously with a lot of Taj mixed in there. And then it's Jamal and Wiggs' job when there's 10 seconds left on the shot clock to mm-hmm. to get that athletic shot up because they're probably the people I trust the most with a short shot clock. But we don't want to be putting ourselves in a lot of those scenarios to begin with. 
Mm-hmm. So that's where I feel like the the Wolves. I mean, if you're gonna go down against the Knicks, you probably haven't been taking the best of shots, right? Especially when a lot of your production comes from Towns and Taj in these situations, and it's not like there's a lot of variance in a five foot shot. Yeah. So it just means that we weren't getting to the hole, and that leaves guys like Wiggs and Jamal to just go crazy nuts and have this variance that we see from night to night. Yeah. That being said, I mean, in a game where Wiggins goes five for 15 and T goes three for 13, mm-hmm. Wiggins did take seven three-pointers, which I, I like. I mean, I don't have all of the what the looks were like ingrained in my head, but a high volume of threes I will take from an efficiency where the modern NBA Especially if the game isn't working, I guess. Yep. Yeah, it's been shown to be an efficient shot, so if that's all you can get in the game, it's better than putting your heels on the three-point line. Right, and the Wolves are best. Like, I think when we get into playoff time, like, fingers crossed, we're going to need to see this sort of lots of guys in double figures, Jamal scoring well off the bench, so... Showing ability to spread the floor and let Jimmy kind of cut in the gaps. Right. So Knicks come back, like you said, and hang around. But that's why you got to build up these big leads and hopefully next time close them out a little bit stronger. And I, yeah, I did seem a little down on Wiggins and Teague, but I want to be clear, like Old Wolves, this is a game that once we're down, we're down. Mm-hmm. So like you, you know at any given point in the game that the Wolves are a better team than Knicks. Yeah. Not a hot take. So even if we're down five at certain points, you would a betting man and the stats would still say you still got a fighting chance. And so I, I'm glad that we stuck through it. Yeah. I think that's a, a good lesson to learn, especially for an on-the-road Wolves team who hasn't been very successful. Yeah. And going to the playoffs with these high-pressure games with young players who have never touched a playoff floor. I think in a weird way, it's good to have sort of practice for what a comeback road win might look like. You don't want to do have be in a situation against the Knicks, but... No, it's, but it's a lesson to be learned. It's good to win close games. Unfortunately, it had a little bit of bad timing because I kind of buy into the idea that the Knicks hung around. We had to play our starters later in the game than we than we wanted to. And I think I heard that the Wolves got back to their hotel in Philadelphia at like 3 a.m., which Yikes. I know these guys fly on like pretty nice planes and everything, but I need to get my eight hours and that would be pretty painful I to mean, play on a back-to-back. We did a case study with flying back this morning, so like yeah, I, I, would, I can tell you if I had, if I had to ball out against some NBA players today, I probably wouldn't have done well yeah, because of my jet lag. Right, exactly. So we definitely need a case study where that's that's not the case. But yeah, I was cranky today. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. it. So no one will or low on sleep. If you feel like the podcast's a little fired up, just hey, yeah, l- let just us get some to sleep. Another episode and then go rate it on high. That's right. That's right. So the Wolves not really having a lot of rest. No, so they struggle against the 76ers. But what went down? So just a bad loss, right? It's, yeah. It's a 12-point loss. We can throw in the back-to-back on the road excuse. That's a nice little, I guess, caveat. And so we have sympathy given our, our recent flight. But yeah, like, like we, were, we were never really in it. There's really not an excuse or like, you know, there wasn't one player that dropped the ball. I think overall it was the starters couldn't really put something together and we didn't have the offensive balance that we had against New York and the Clippers. So like Towns got 15 and 11, but I guess in these situations, what, you'd expect more than 15 out of Towns? Yeah, I, I mean, he, shot, him, he shot three for 15 and shot well from the free throw line, which was kind of how he climbed up to 15 points, but that's just not going to get it done. And one starter with a field goal percentage above 500, that being... The one and only Taj Gibson. Yeah, big shot. But he got five there. shots, so he yeah. three for five. So our efficient guys weren't getting the volume that they probably needed, and our inefficient guys, well, everyone that night, were getting were, were getting the shots. So I guess that really s- summarizes it. But you can't let up a 
it was a 39 point third quarter. Yeah. And so that's just, yeah. I mean, going to the playoffs, I think these games, especially on the road, are going to be won with defense. I know it's not our strength, but when we do win, that's what's going to probably shine. Mm-hmm. And that obviously wasn't there. I kind of keep my eye on the 76ers games too because they're almost like a mirror image of the Wolves. And when we got yep. Jimmy, I thought we jumped at least a year or two ahead of them. And I know they're in the well, East. Well, now we're older, right? Yeah. And and they're in the East, so the their performance is just going to be different. But to see that the way they play more stifling defense against the Wolves and like Joel Embiid is really unreal. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's a bummer. I would love to see the Wolves kind of like, just if if I could choose, you know, beat the 76ers because I think it would be cement a, them as a, a good a young headline, team. Yeah. Thing. yeah, for sure. So, like, I mean, grudge match against the 76ers. I think now they took two from us this year because the other one I remember as a, like, heartbreaking OT loss mm-hmm. when Cherry Bear got taken away Ooh. in overtime. So that's why it sticks I out in my head. I clearly remember that controversy. I wasn't at the game, but I, I felt it through you. Yeah, I think, I mean, go back and listen to, we'll dig up whatever episode that was. It was a, it was a big topic of controversy. Mm-hmm. So overall, I guess my point is that the 76ers <laughs> losses are bad <laughs> and we won't likely have to play them for the rest of the season, but they're kind of a good benchmark to see like, oh, how do we stack up against maybe a similarly built team? Yeah, definitely. I guess, I don't know, we don't have as much experience against the East, but I think that's a really, really lame excuse. Uh, yeah, we were on the road against an East team. It's just something weird with the two yeah. rules. I think back-to-back on the road, and to, to their credit, the whole, what, 3 a.m. thing, I think that's legitimate. You're tired and you didn't get sleep. Like, you know what I mean? So mm. it, it's it's a perfect storm, and things like that don't really happen in the playoffs. So, I mean, I don't have numbers if we're a worse team with less rest than others. Well, I saw Dave Benz tweeted that if we would have beaten the Sixers, it would have been the first time since 2011 that we won a road back-to-back. So, a lot of that indicated that we just haven't been a very good team for a while. But I think it's really it's hard to win back-to-back games on the road. And you probably don't get that many opportunities with how they try to cushion the schedule nowadays. Yeah, so, so the sample size is small to run those numbers, but when we do see it, we're not seeing the Wolves performing well. Yeah. So I, I don't really have a problem with it, especially in the context of the week, going 2-1. and one. Mm-hmm. What was the stat we saw today that the Wolves have been 6-6 six and six since Butler's injury or his absence? Which was shocking to me, absolutely shocking. And I think back when it happened, we said that was our goal, right? Yeah. I remember I, I said that I, I just want to go 500 mm-hmm. and we can figure it out from there. I think to rise up the the standings, we might need to go a little bit above 500. But I think we would, like, we'll still make the playoffs if we go 500. I'm yeah. pretty confident, just given the, the schedules that we're seeing with teams. Like someone's got to kind of drop the ball here. It, so it's just great to see the guys step up because I mean, looking back, we have played you know good solid 500 basketball and lost to some good teams and you know dropped one against the 76ers who are a solid team mm-hmm. but just to think that wow without jimmy we were able to scrape together a 500 run so far and there's some, some hope looking forward teams i feel yeah. like and now we have an easier schedule coming up i also think another theme throughout these 12 games was that you see a rotation of guys sort of like for the start of the game i guess mm-hmm. where for a while i felt like we almost got bored of saying cat one butler two or flip-flop that yeah and it's in every single game so now with, I mean, Cat's still probably one or two, 80, 90% of the games. But it's exciting to see sort of, oh, this guy was the number two. I mean, Bielito had one to two games where he was easily the star of the game. Teague's kind of got his own. 
Tyus gets a chance. Yep. Tibbs threw in some three-guard rotations with D. Rose, which I'm not sure how I feel about it, but I like that it was getting shaken up a little bit. You know, some other guys were able to get minutes. Yeah, I know you don't exactly want to do tryouts on the floor, but maybe it's him sort of seeing what a rotation could look like in the playoffs. Yeah, and I like definitely just sort of agree. finalizing things like that. So, That's why I was more open to it. Like, you know, let's just see how they do out there. Yeah, if it was first game of the year, <laughs> I mean, I would kind of be a little more hesitant. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he just got into the rotation. So there is some experimenting does need to be done. It's not like these guys get a lot of practice time with yeah. these game schedules. So I think stuff. we have kind of the same attitude about the week. Like, it's sort of rough to end with a loss when, you know, you start out with a 2-0 and week since we last dropped a podcast. But... Two and one, like to continue to keep plugging along, and now to look ahead to some really winnable games. We're playing Memphis, Atlanta, and Dallas this week. Both Memphis and Atlanta at home, and then Dallas on the road. I mean, things are kind of looking up for your Timberwolves to close out the season. Mm-hmm. And no back to backs in those three. So I think, you, I mean, two and one is really realistic, right? Mm-hmm. Atlanta and Memphis at home are two of the easiest games of the year. Should be slam dunks, right? Yeah. And, and then, so if you could. Slide in a Dallas win. I mean, I like Dallas. Is I crazy would. I, no, I would love a Dallas win. Yeah, I so think three and zero. Three and zero with a mix of schedule. I think this could be. This is like the make or break week, right? If yeah. we somehow go one and two in this, it's sort of. A, I don't think we deserve to be a first round contender in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Probably eke out an eight or seven seed, and then just get slapped by the Rockets. Well, this is where you make your move. You know, to say like we're going to put ourselves in the best position to maybe jump up, so we could have a series against the Trailblazers and. You know, who knows? The NBA playoffs are, well, extremely, extremely predictable. But, hey, who knows what could happen? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to touch on one more thing, kind of on the vibe of the week. Two and one, pretty good. The bench really struggled, I think, when the starters played well. They kind of eked away some leads. And to give up three straight games of over 100 scoring, 109, 108, and 120, let's just keep, let's just put a pin in that. Yeah. See kind of where, where the defense and bench does because we need that come playoff time. It might be just because they're being utilized given Butler's absence, but then also these, these back-to-backs. Mm-hmm. So I guess they're probably thrown into rolls and like cardio workouts. Yeah, Belly's, really seen. Belly's not a great defender. Not of Jimmy Butler's caliber for sure. And so, defending is probably the hardest thing to do when you're tired and sore versus mm-hmm. like shooting. Like Jamal right. could throw up behind-the-back shots, you know. When but, he's 50. But, yeah, shuffling, getting up and down the court, and that's what's... Uh, yeah, I've already lost that in my knees. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, fig- I figure Jamal's going to be playing in five years just running three-point line to three-point line. What does he do daggers. differently than that? <laughs> well, he sometimes takes it to the basket, but we'll, we'll kind of watch the all-10 on that and see Jamal's game plan, game track Jamal. So, mm-hmm. But overall, yeah, really solid week from your Timberwolves. Make a break week, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Until next week. How? How?